Capstan Live. We're the podcast that makes sure you pay the real estate taxes you owe and not a dollar more. If you own commercial real estate or advise someone who does, you're in the right place for a real talk about maximizing tax savings. Hi, welcome to another edition of Capstan Live. I'm so excited because today we have a guest on the pod that I've been waiting to get. You know her and you love her. Terry Johnson is our managing partner here at Capstan Tax Strategies, and she is busy as a bee. Her time is very valuable, but we've been lucky enough that she has made time for us and the pod today. Terry, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Helena. It is great to be here. I, you know me, I'd love to talk about anything to do with cost segregation, so you didn't really have to twist my arm, but it's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And for you, Terry, we picked the big topic, the big picture, the whole enchilada. We're going to talk about the life cycle of real estate. And can we really just, just start from the beginning? What do we even mean when we say the life cycle of real estate? Right. Well, you know, I, I think, and we'll get into this in a minute, but I think that typically people look at cost segregation studies and they think, okay, so there's an event. I buy a building or I acquire, mm-hmm. acquire or I'm renovating new construction, that kind of thing. So what I think a lot of people don't understand is that there's this you have a life cycle real estate from sort of start to finish and there are many points along that path that you can do a cost segregation study or just some consulting services around those assets (laughs) i i always think of the lion king when i think of it but i I guess it is it's a circle of life um and before we go any further i know terry we have an amazing graphic and that graphic like lays out the whole life cycle and kind of highlights what strategies might fit in each stage how can our listeners get a copy, Terry? Sure. So we have this um, graph, I guess you call it, of the life cycle of real estate. And I just a little plug, one of the things here at Capstan that we really like are our graphs and flowcharts and whatever we can do to graphically show you know, what we're talking about. So this one came up in that this whole idea of the life cycle of real estate to better explain it. So how you get a copy of that, Helena, is just go right to our website, capstantax.com, and you'll go to the Contact Us page of the website, put in your information, and just write in the box that you would like a copy of life cycle of real estate, and I guarantee you, you will get that very quickly, and we would love for you to have it. And you'll be happy to have it. It's, it's kind of amazing, like all of our graphics here. But listeners, you don't need that visual to follow our conversation. You know, feel free to request it. It's great. You'll be happy to have it, but you don't need it this minute. So you don't have to pause the podcast and go get it. Um, so Terry, the huge takeaway for me from what you're saying is that cost seg is useful in every stage of the real estate life cycle. For a long time, I thought cost seg was only something that you could do like at the beginning, like with a new purchase, but that's clearly not the case. Right, so that and that's kind of what I was alluding to when we, when we first started the podcast is that I think that's really common that a misconception. A, yes, yes. And, and you know what I find interesting? Even when somebody will get that cost seg done up front, you know, the best time to do it obviously is when you acquire, when you renovate, when you do new construction. But there are points in time along this life cycle of real estate that if you know that it's important that either go back to the report that you have and use the data that's there, or have a, some kind of a consulting project done or a second cost seg oh. done, that you can further 
get these additional deductions. Oh. And, 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 and whether it be expensing or additional deductions, write-offs and that kind of thing. So it's, you know, for, for those of us at Capstan that are constantly talking to clients about projects, one of my passions is really to make sure people understand once you have this report, it's not like go on the shelf, never think of ah. it again. So what you want to do is make sure that you're coming back to that during the life cycle real estate. How can I use this data or do I need additional data as this as, as kind of the the platform to start from. So what we try to do is educate our clients to make sure they're aware that this isn't just a once and done, that you can use it during the life cycle of real estate. That, I think I am having an epiphany. So this is like a live document. This is not gathering dust on the shelf. Exactly. You should be using it. You should be going back to it. You might have to add to it, you know, um, but, but this is um, a document that has value that you can revisit um, throughout the cycle. Oh my goodness. Exactly. Okay, so let's back up. This is blowing my mind. Let's back up and let's pretend we're at the very beginning. So like I I am just starting to plan for new construction. Is there, if I'm at the planning stage, is there a way that I can like tee up for, for tax savings from the very beginning? Like before I've even, you know, gotten started so yes i'm making a, a digging gesture but you can't see that because this is a podcast before right. a shovel to the ground shovel to the yes, ground. yes exactly favorite, one of my favorites yes it's a terryism yes a terry <laughs> so before you are in shovel to the ground um and you're planning your project right exactly so typically the first thing you're going to do is that kind of a conceptual design you're putting your budget together mm -hmm. So the selection of materials that you're working with your architect okay. is actually really critical. So think of it this way, Helena. I just I have an auto dealership, and I am going to be building a new dealership. So I could put tile mm -hmm. on the floor. But you go into a, an auto dealership, right. and typically you're going to see tile. Or there's all these new materials now. Or not new, but they're really being used like luxury vinyl tile and ah. VCT flooring that look they just look, as nice, right? They look comparable, like wood or like a really nice tile, or you mm -hmm. can use carpet squares and mm -hmm. things like that. So, if you use tile, it's a thirty-nine year asset in that auto dealership. Right. If you use these other materials, it's a five-year asset. So, I mean, that's just a really small example, ah. but. It's important to know that material selection during the conceptual design and when you're really thinking about the project is something that you can, you know, it can help you. And let's say that you're looking at having some, like it's a restaurant, okay. and you're looking at lighting sources. So you're looking at putting maybe some secondary lighting system, mm -hmm. some wall sconces or some what I call more task lighting that's over the table. Where, right. And, and a lot of times it, it obviously you can see better but it, it, it's not required. So those secondary systems become five-year property, not just the lighting systems, but the wiring back to the box. Oh. So when our engineers are going through and looking at a project, they're always on the lookout for these secondary systems because you have to have the main source of light you have to have. That's right. a base building asset. But anything secondary to that, you can take as five-year assets, for example, in a restaurant. So this planning piece is actually super, super important. Now, the other thing I just wanted to, you know, throw out a, a concept, and that is that 179 capital D, the energy studies that we do for, yes. the, for the EPAC studies, you can get up to $1.80 a square foot for designing for energy efficiency. 
So let's say that you're building a, a warehouse and it's 100,000 square feet and you're designing energy efficiency into that project from the get-go knowing now I have a permanent, the, the, one, the 179D is a permanent legislation. So I can get that $1.80 up to $1.80 a square foot. So if I design energy efficiency into my project, there's a likelihood that I'll get more up to that $1.80 versus a lower amount because I've designed for the energy efficiency. Wow. So again, it's on the conceptual side in the beginning. So in the design. very, very beginning, mm -hmm. you can plan and tee up those savings. That's like, amazing. You know, think of it this way, Helena. What is my vision for the project? And so if I want that to be an energy efficient building, and I want the operating costs to be lower, I get an additional benefit from a tax deduction up to $1.80. Wow. But I have to think about that ahead of time, not after the fact. Right, right. It's all about being mindful and conscious ahead of the game. That, that is fascinating. Okay. Okay, so now I've done that. I've got my, my concept, and I'm building, and the shovel's in the ground, and, and hooray. I built it, and it's, it's placed in service, and I'm just thrilled. And so now this is typically when people think about cost seg. So why is cost seg associated so in classically with, with new construction? Right, so you know, I always say start right to end right. Okay. So if I build a new building, I want and I have to set up the depreciation schedule from the get-go, I wanna make sure that that building, the depreciation is set up correctly from the very beginning. So if you do the cost segregation study, and the accountant will take that report and then they put the depreciation schedule together for the first tax filing, it's gonna be absolutely correct. The second thing is, now that we have all this bonus depreciation that came through the PATH Act and then the, the new tax law, we have this extended view of how long the bonus depreciation is gonna be around. So for example, the 100% bonus is around and through the end of 2022, and then it steps down 20% a year to the end of uh, to the end of 2026. So again, this is just really important to know. So, for example, if you're buying little investment properties, and maybe they're a million dollars a piece, and you buy this year five of them, okay, and they're let's say they're small two-family houses or four-family houses, okay. I mean, before people really probably weren't that interested in doing a cost seg on that. But now with bonus depreciation, oh. it is. So what we're seeing is that we're not only seeing an uptick just in general because of the bonus depreciation on on um, new construction, but also in the acquisitions as well. But the, the 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 point being is that even on some of these smaller projects, it works. Ah, so bonus makes um, the presence of bonus depreciation makes projects that might not have been viable candidates for a cost seg study suddenly they're in the game. So it might now be worth your while. Right, and then one other point I wanted to make is that we always include in our reports as standard, it's not an upcharge, okay. is the unit of property under the tangible property regs. So what that does, the unit of property under the tangible property regs, it's, it's really a whole process for following of whether you expense versus capitalize. So when you're doing new construction, you, you're really not thinking so much about um, what happens with that asset and my, next time I renovate it, because it's brand new. But five years, six, seven years come right. down, all of a sudden you're thinking about it, so you've, built, you've done this cost seg, so as I was talking about earlier, you have this shelf life, you can go back to that information later on and use the unit of property data to make expensing decisions later on as you renovate the property. 
and you have that UOP, that unit of property data from the beginning included in your cost savings, you can just pull it out when you need it and you just have it. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Again, all it's all about planning ahead. That's what I'm really learning here. Um, okay. So obviously cost seg is great when you planned ahead. But let's say I didn't. Let's say I didn't know about cost seg. I didn't understand. And what, what if I've owned my property for a couple of years and now, just now, I'm hearing this podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, this sounds so promising. But is it too late for me to get any benefit, Terry? Absolutely not, Helena. And I think that we actually have this conversation a lot with our clients where you know, maybe they've changed accountants and the accountant says, oh, I see you've got all your assets booked as 39-year, you know, simple depreciation schedules, 39-year mm -hmm. to building and then land or 27 and a half year if it's multifamily. You should talk to the folks at Capstan and see if they can do a cost sex study for you and get them a little background about the tax savings and accelerated depreciation. So it's always interesting. I love those conversations because it's kind of this whole eye-opening. And then what will happen is they'll do one or two and it's called a look-back study. A look-back study. So they'll do one or two of these look-back studies, and then they want to do them on everything <laughs> because they realize, wow, this is awesome. So what happens in a look-back study, Helena, you're literally going back in time. Oh, my God. As if you had done the cost seg from day one, you pull all the depreciation that you would have gotten if you had done day one into the current tax year. So let's say when you first purchased that asset or you built it, you didn't have a lot of cash flow. Maybe you chose not to do the cost seg up front because you didn't need the deductions. Okay. Or you didn't know about it. So now if you, you know, fast forward a few years, you decide you want to do the, the cost seg now. So the benefit really is in this, you go back in time, pull it forward into the current year. You don't have to amend tax returns. What? And all you have to do is have the CPA file the form 3115 change in accounting method, presumptive approval with the IRS, and you can take that on your current tax return, and you're not you're not going back and amending anything. So to clarify, you're saying that if I had a look back study performed, mm -hmm. I, it's as if I had had the cost seg study performed at the time I placed the property in service. Correct. And it's then, going and back you, in time, like without a time machine without a DeLorean. You exactly. Know? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> exactly. So then you get all that deduction in the current year. Wow. Yeah. So it's really powerful. And what I love about this is that it is, a, for a CPA, it's tax planning at its best because you don't always have the need for that cost sec upfront. But if you know you have it in your toolbox, that ah. when that asset stabilizes and I'm, I have, I've got income coming in, that I have the option to do a cost sec to offset the income, create losses that offset my income. And I can do that at a later time. And, and by wow. the way, if you know, let's say that you purchased or you, you built something in 2018 okay. and, and the 100% bonus is in effect, just as long as you had an opted out of bonus, you can go back in time and pick up the bonus as well. Or if there was qualified improvement property or even going back further when we had qualified leasehold improvements and things like that, you can pick up You can still get those benefits, whatever right. was in play at the time that exactly you placed the property in yes. service? Yeah. Holy cow. So that's very powerful. This should be Back to the Future 4. Like <laughs> the next movie should be focused on look back studies because that's amazing. It really is. Um, okay, wow. So, okay. Let's, okay, so considering this, I've owned my property for a while. 
and I need to do some renovations. Things are starting to like look a little bit worse for wear. And you talked a little bit already about where CostSec fits mm -hmm. in here for renovations, additions. Can you expand on that a drop more, Terry? Absolutely. So this is actually one of the areas that I'm most passionate about because yes. I think that for the most part, of course, unless you work with Capstan um, and you're educated about this, is that it is an opportunity that a lot of people miss. Ah. So when the tangible property regs came out, they, there was a, a like a big sigh, groan. It yes. was awful, right? You it was that? a whole to-do, yes. It was a whole to-do. So we did a lot of educating. And in mm -hmm. fact, I don't think I ever really do a presentation without covering this because I think it's so important. But the tangible property regs basically gave you a process to follow of whether you expense or capitalize when you're renovating a property. Okay. So for one thing is that can I expense off the top? You know, is it de minimis or is it a routine maintenance? Right. Expense off the top. Or I go into my tangible property regs, is it a betterment? Adaptation or restoration, which we have a, of course, we have a little flow uh, chart on that. Oh, too. yes, listeners, <laughs> if you're interested in that flow chart, feel free to request it the yeah. same way as the life cycle of real estate. Just say, and I'll have the TPR flow chart, please, because that's another good one. And it's good because it kind of walks through whether it's a betterment, adaptation, or restoration. And if, if it is, then you have to capitalize. But if it's not, then you say, is it material to its unit or property? Oh, yes. And you pick that out. Where is it? Helena, it's in the report, on every report, you oh, property. So you, it all come, UOP, it, it keeps coming back. So it's typically, let's just say 30%. Is it, let's say that it's a part of the electrical system and they, you've got a million dollars as in your unit of property for electrical and you're making, uh, you're spending $100,000. Okay. And it's not a betterment. So then it's not material because it's 10%. Oh, okay? okay. So then you can expense that. Nice. And if you get to the very end and you've had to, all your roads lead to I have to capitalize, you can still write off the remaining balance of that asset. So you've depreciated it. And whatever you have left over that you haven't depreciated, you can write off as a partial asset disposition election. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. That, that's incredible. Okay. So the COSEG report that I you know, had done a few years before, whatever, I can go back now and use the data in there to justify my expensing decisions and justify even partial asset disposition, writing off the remaining right. depreciable so balance of, you, a, of an asset that I'm disposing of, exactly, retiring. Exactly, so let's say that you're replacing a chiller and it's a it's a betterment. It's, it's, it's definitely the next generation. I needs of, my AC, Terry. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you, you buy this chiller and let's say it's it's um, $500,000. Okay. So you would go back and look at, you have to make sure you identify the chiller that was in the COSEC report. You can, you see that there was- My the, old chiller the is, old chiller, is clearly- And then you know what the value was in the report and then you figure out what, what you've already depreciated of that uh -huh. since you place it in service. The remaining balance you take as a partial asset disposition election on your tax return in the year where you, you remove. So this is really important. Uh. You don't wait. Let's say you cross over tax years. So this year I'm doing, I'm starting to demo and I'm getting rid of things, but I'm not actually placing the new project in service until February of next year. Okay. So I have to make sure on this year's tax return, I take that PAT election. Has to be taken on, with the year the chiller was removed. removed. I see. Right. Uh. Not when you place the service. So okay. And here's, this is a really important point, Helena, is that if you don't, take that pad election in the year you remove the equipment, 
You can't then Am I out of luck? Oh, I'm out of luck. But you can't use a uh, change in accounting method. You can't, you're done. You can't use it. So That is an important distinction. So think about this. You're doing a renovation project and you have the ability to do write-offs. So we'll do consulting projects where we literally come up with a disposition table and of everything that that accountant can use to write off. Oh. And you, I mean, we, I've seen them where they're literally millions and millions of dollars or it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Purely pad election. Pad election. Wow. And, and so, but a lot of people miss it because they're just not aware of it. But that's where the report can really come into play because you've got all the data that you need to make those decisions working in conjunction with the CPA and the client it's, it, it works really well. One cost seg report years before sets you up for like multiple tax strategies down the road. That's right. incredible. Right. It's incredible. Um, okay, so pretend we're at the end of the road now, Terry. So I'm ready to get out of my investment. You know, maybe I want to sell it. Maybe I want to uh, demolish it. I'm, I'm ready to kind of just, just get out here. What does cost seg have any place here at at the end of my journey? You know, it's funny, Elena. We actually get a lot of calls like this where they say, "You know what? I never did a cost seg. I'm getting ready to demolish this building. We're going to be redeveloping the property, and doing something else. Is there anything you yeah. can do? Right? Yeah. So, is there any place for cost seg so here? Think about it. Maybe they're the building is rich with personal property. They've never. Maybe they've owned it for 10 years with the idea that they'd eventually redevelop. So we can actually go in before they demolish, do a cost seg, Ah. pull out all the personal property, and they can write that off. And where, because think about it, when you demolish a building under the 280B rules, you have to, everything goes back to land. So you you lose all that depreciation. So the getting the personal property out of is, is is a big is a big thing. I mean, that it can be, and we've done literally cost eggs just for that purpose because it's enough that it makes sense. Wow. Listeners, you can't see my expression, but I am, I am blown away. That was something I wasn't aware of. I, so even at the very end, cost egg can still bring you benefit. Wow. Um, Terry, this conversation has been just a huge eye opener for me. And um, I want to encourage our listeners to request that real estate of life cycle graphic. It's, it's just a great reference, you know, and so is the TPR flowchart and, and all of our other graphics. Terry, do you want to remind them how to, they can get a hold of anything they like? Right, so just go to our web, the website, um, capstantax.com, go to the Contact Us page, and just write in Lifecycle Real Estate if you want the TPR flowchart. Or, you know, and the other thing is if you want to just get all of our yeah. current tools. Request all. Just say, Send me all of your yes. tools. Um, we would be happy to put a package together and email those over to you. Yeah, there's a lot, and they're pretty great. Um, so I think I've taken enough of your time, Terry. But um, we want to thank you so much for coming on the pod. You have so much knowledge to share, and we appreciate you taking the time. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, listeners, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also go to our website at capstantax.com and look for the podcast tab. Thanks so much. I'm Helena Carmel. We're here with Terry Johnson. And um, that's been another edition of Capstan Live. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Capstan Live. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Visit our website at capstantax.com for more info on everything we discussed today, plus breaking news, industry blogs, and more. Have a profitable day.